Well, good morning. How y'all doing? Good. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to be here with you guys today and, and talk about what God put on my heart for this morning. <laughs> um, just like the picture shows, forgiveness for me has been a journey. <laughs> I've traveled and done a lot of stuff, and throughout my life I've learned what it means to be forgiven what forgiveness is, and what life is like when you don't forgive. <laughs> and so we're going to really focus on that today and, and really share like personal stories from my life and, and what the Bible says and what the Bible shows and what Paul tried to communicate to the church. Like when we're little kids, we are told, <laughs> oh, when your sibling comes up to you and says, you're sorry, you're supposed to say what? I forgive you. Yeah, you're supposed to. You're supposed to forgive, and then your parents are like, "That's it. There's no more. Bring that up. It's done." <laughs> we don't have a song to tell them. It's done. <laughs> so we learn at that young age, and we and we learn. You know what? I only forgive when people say I'm sorry. <laughs> and then when I got married recently, but <laughs> going getting getting all the marriage counseling advice, you learn about forgiveness again <laughs> in a different way, and how. Um, you need to communicate when you're hurt with each other. You need to forgive each other. And when you forgive each other, it, it, it brings you closer together. It, it, it brings your love stronger. And when you don't, then <laughs> you can start seeing that your love is starting, that needs work because you start to hold on to, to your hurts and pains. And I learned about forgiveness even more at camp. <laughs> when I worked at camp, I learned different things about forgiveness. And I'll share those stories with you today about my different learning of forgiveness. I think I'm really a lot of feedback. Humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let us pray. Dear God, I just, just ask you to be with me. Um, just give me the words to say to the message that you, you've really installed into my heart and the, le- the lessons that I have learned. Help me to portray it and give us the ears to hear and the hearts to learn and really to soak in what um, you have for us today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So this passage right here is a great passage to live by <laughs> anyways, to live your life with. I mean, I, I, I read this verse all the time, and I sort of get convicted <laughs> in a sense of like, oh, I'm not really living with mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. I'm not living with that or with love. And I had to look at it and really read it more and more to really understand what Paul was writing to the church. You know, Paul was writing this to the church. And he said, you know, as bodies of believers, this is how we need to treat each other in the church. This is how we need to treat each other 
not only in the church, but outside the church and, and to just people in general so they can see Christ through us. Now there's two word, or there's one word or one phrase that pops out to me when I read this passage. And the phrase is, clothe yourselves. And it says it twice in this passage. Once it says, to clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then later on it says, above all, clothe yourself with love. Now, I don't know about you, but I stopped there and I had to picture, what does he really mean? Like, why would he choose the words clothe yourself? To me, that, make, that, that seems really crazy. But I had to read the whole chapter of chapter 2. Like, when you look back, Paul is talking about, like, you know what? You need to take off your sinful self. When you become a Christian, you need to start taking off the things that your sinful behaviors, the things that are holding you back from God, from being closer to God. And now you need to clothe yourself with these attributes to be more Christ-like. And also it made me think, because, I mean, you know, we all dress ourselves. (laughs) We choose our outfits. And I don't know about you, but I choose my outfit based off how... I think other people might view it, <laughs> how view my outfits. I might say, you know what, when I wear this outfit, people that are close to me, it's going to cause a reaction. Either they're going to say, that doesn't really work, or, man, that looks good, like, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. And I like mixed matching colors, as you can tell, I have a whole bunch of colors. I like colors, and I like brightness, and I like just weird. And so, for me, I wear it just because I know it's going to cause reactions. It's a way to have me be able to talk to people, to be open, because I'm pretty shy. I don't like (laughs) just coming up to people. But I think Paul is saying, you know what? We need to clothe ourselves in this so that we can be, that this can be seen. This is not something you you keep to yourself. It's something that is seen by others, that that should affect others, that should cause other people to, to model your behavior, and it should cause people outside the community to see Christ and to really figure out, like, why do you act like this? Why are you so kind? Why are you, why are you acting this way? Well, today we're going to look at, at verse 13 and really look at that more closely, but I wanted to get the context of the chapter before we looked at just that verse. So let's read verse 13 again. It says, make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. In verse 13, um, Paul's expanding on more of what patience is. Because it ends in verse 12 saying uh, the word patience and then comma, then make allowance. So Paul's expanding more of the word patience. And what is patience? And, and there's two words that, there's two um, verbs that really pop out. He says patience is making allowance or bearing with, and patience is forgiving. <laughs> I don't know about you, but when I was looking at this, I didn't understand how can forgiveness be like, be patience. <laughs> I, to me, it didn't make sense based off what I was what I was learning at the time. But I'm going to look at these words more closely. Make allowance or bear.
at certain small things that I can, that I can forgive and look past. And then Paul also says, as another part of patience, is forgiving anyone who offends you. Now, we should forgive our brothers and sisters who offend us or made us upset. And why should we do this? Well, Paul finishes verse 13 by saying, Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Like in Aubrey's prayer um, after worship, she's like, you know what? We, do, we sin so much. We, we do so much against God. But God loves us and pa- he's patient with us, and he forgives us that he, no matter, if we, no matter how annoying we get, no matter how much sin we have, God is still there, and he will forgive us. He's faithful, and, and he will forgive us if we go and repent and seek him out. And sometimes I think I forget that. <laughs> that, you know what, God, Christ first forgave us. He died on the cross for us, even when we were sinners. I should be freely able to forgive the people that throw carts out in the parking lot. I should easily be able to forgive um, a brother and sister in Christ at the church for things that irritate me. They don't have to apologize first to it. I need to freely forgive. I need to to understand where they're at. And maybe she was in a hurry and she had to go. <laughs> and so she had to throw her cart out, but I don't know. The thing is, forgiveness isn't only great for the person who receives the forgiveness. It's beneficial for the person that, that gives it out. And I learned this the hard way. <laughs> uh, my first year at camp, I was a camp counselor at a camp in Minnesota, and I was teaching, and we did our Bible times as a counselor. The counselors taught the Bible to their cabin, and that's how we did it. We didn't have speakers, um, but we taught our cabin ourselves. And there was one day when we talked, the whole, the whole Bible lesson was on forgiveness. And I'm like, oh, that's easy. I know how to forgive. And it's like, oh, and you go through the book, and you're like, this is forgiveness. And about two or three weeks in, I realized I, I was laying there outside on a tarp with my campers. Like, we camped out that night. And God just really put on my heart and, and really, like, you don't know how to forgive. You aren't forgiving. You are not a person who forgives. And I had to sit there and think about it for a long time. Like, God, I don't understand this. Like, why are you saying this to me? And um, God really put it on my heart that, <laughs> sorry, I, this is pretty but, um, emotional for me, but God put it on my heart of all the things that I've held on to, the anger of, of bullies at school or all the anger I had towards people, my siblings that, like, frustrated me or just the anger and all the unforgiveness I held on to. And God said, how are you able to teach these children to forgive freely how are you able to teach these children to forgive when you don't, when you're holding on to this anger and this hate? And you know what? That night, <laughs> I cried all night, and I just went through prayer, and God brought up people upon people that I had to spend all night forgiving. And they weren't there. <laughs> I didn't have contact information anymore. But at the, the morning of, when my campers are awake, um, I wasn't tired. I had energy, and I had um, just a lifted burden. <laughs> I was free <laughs> of that. And a lot of people might think that's weird from me because they're like, I hear all the time, they're like, oh, you're so forgiving. You're so, like, you're so patient. You're so, 
like able to, to withstand a lot, that, that was not me at, before, at first. God has taught me forgiveness and what it really truly means to forgive as, through my journey. So when we hold it on, we almost put on weight on ourselves. We almost carry it with us. And, and, and then I found, for me personally, I found I got angry faster and easier. It was easier for me to get angry because I had all this unforgiveness in my heart. And then I moved to Texas and worked at the camp there. And our president at that camp, he wanted to teach us more about forgiveness. Because I'm not sure how many of you guys have worked in a retail type of position or a customer service type of position. But I think as you who worked at customer service, you know what it means to forgive <laughs> customers. <laughs> and, and, and you can understand, like, you can get mad pretty easily at just what frustrations customers bring. This book was called Leadership and Self-Deception, and this book dealt with like how people can put other people in a box, and that's why I have this up here. We're going to sort of go through it more, but he talked about, you know what, when we don't forgive other people, we put them in a box, and there's characteristics that we keep with them, and I'll share that as a story that I had to face with as an event manager at that camp. Now, as an event manager, my job was to set up meeting rooms. Like, like this room, like I'd get, okay, we need to set up theater style, like how we have it set up, and I need 100 chairs and, and that kind of stuff. And I would set up the meeting room ahead of time before the group came, and I'd get their stuff ready. And then when the group came, I was there with them. I made sure camp was great. And then afterwards, I made sure to, to catch up with the leader and see how can we improve for next time. <laughs> now, we had this one group leader who would mail us a packet, like four or five pages of drawings of how he wanted the room to be specific. And to, to us, that seemed really overboard, but there was one thing that we always remembered. He'd always say, you know what, I need a, a debarked softwood log that's about one foot to 1.5 feet in length and has six inches in diameter and is sitting in this specific spot in the room. At this point, I was like, okay, this guy is being demanding. I made a box because I was sort of insulted or irritated at his demands. And I, I, I didn't forgive him for that. Then he came to camp the day before the group to make sure everything was perfect for his group. And when he came, when I showed him the meeting rooms, like, here we go, this is, this is your meeting room, this is set up. He would say stuff like, this is, not, this is not right. This is not how I wanted it. This is not, this is not exactly how you, you, you messed it up. How could you not follow simple instructions? <laughs> and to, to me, I spent hours on doing it. To me, it made me say, wow, this guy is demeaning. This guy is ungrateful for my, my work. This guy is super critical, and this guy can never be pleased. Oh, well, that's okay. <laughs> Ungrateful, he can never be pleased, he's demeaning, he's critical, and eventually I marked him as unworthy of my time. He was not worthy of my time or my effort. Because I had all this unforgiveness, I had all this 
this anger towards him. It'd be points where he'd call and he'd say, hey, can you guys move a cooler from this room to this room because we'd really appreciate it. And in my head, I'd be like, can he not move a cooler himself? Am I going to move it in the right spot? Is he going to make a snide comment about where I stuck the cooler in his room? And all that hate and anger was building up and building up. This guy came back three times a year, and it seemed like my boss always stuck me with him. <laughs> and so before he would come back, all this, all this unforgiveness, all this pain, all this resentment came back. It wasn't until my third time in reading through that, that book again with my president that I really realized that I was not being forgiving <laughs> of this brother in Christ. He brought, um, it wasn't until the third time until I really like learned how to forgive him and really tear down the things that, that I characterized him as. When I did that, I was more freely able to talk with him and find out he was a guy who worked in Houston and he worked in the inner city with tough kids. And he brought kids to camp to share the gospel, to get them away from their rough life and to present it in a way. And he did all this in the way he knew best he could. He, he wanted it to be perfect because he wanted it to be amazing and something different that they've never experienced before. He wanted to reach a certain level. And at that point, once I really stepped in his shoes, once I forgave him, I was able to see what he wanted, and I was more willing to love him and more willing to be patient with him and more willing to reach his mission and what he wanted to do. The point is, what I learned after that is I need to see people as God sees them and not as their sins and not as how they hurt me and not how they irritate me. Now, back in the verse in Second Colossians, Paul would talk about this a few times. Paul, Paul was writing to the church because they faced the same issue. They weren't being unified. They weren't full of peace. They weren't being thankful, and they weren't uh, joining each other together to to further the gospel. They were having arguments about the Gentiles and the Jews. They were, they, they were saying, you know what? The Jews would be like, Gentiles, you need to obey the law all the way. You need to be circumcised. You need to eat. You can only eat this stuff. And, and they're like, that's what it means to be a true Christian. That's, you have to reach that level. Then you're really a follower of Christ. And Paul wrote a bunch of times how that was not true in, in, in other parts of the Bible. He wrote that um, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. He wrote that in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 2 through 3. And that is very similar to the Colossians passage. He says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in spirit, building or binding yourselves together with peace. He said it in Romans 14, 10 through 13. And he also rebuked <laughs> Paul or Peter in Galatians 2, 16 for how he treated the Gentiles once his fellow brothers and sisters that were Jews came and visited him. 
and it made me think, you know what? This is a message not only for the churches back then, because we don't really have Jews and Gentiles in hot springs. We're not like, oh, you're a Gentile, I'm a Jew, and that kind of stuff. But we face the same kind of unforgiveness and the same kind of, of uh, fighting <laughs> as they did back then. We might be more like, wow, this person left, left dishes in the sink. They're pretty lazy. <laughs> or, you know, this person is blocking me as I'm trying to leave church. I just want to get out. <laughs> They're blocking me. This person is rude. It might be more like, hey, this person's guilt-tripping me to volunteer or to do this. This person's very manipulative. We might be going, hey, this person walked past me without saying hello or just seeing how I'm doing. This person does not care about me, is not caring. We might be like, whoa, this person is so sinful. I can see their sin on their sleeves. They are, they are a person of lust or they are a liar or et cetera, et cetera. We start seeing their sin, and eventually, as brothers and sisters of Christ, we start seeing them as unworthy of our time and unworthy of our efforts. And then we start seeing that our church body starts to break apart. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> and the book itself talked about how the box, the reason why is every time we see that person, these attributes come up. Like the simplest thing, like if the person was, dropped a piece of trash or left their bolt in behind, you're like, man, of course that person would do that because they're lazy. Or, of course, that person would do it because they're ungrateful for this kind of stuff. And I'm only using these examples because these are examples that we can all relate to. I'm not really pinpointing <laughs> certain people. just wanted to make that clear. Um, but the crazy thing is, the, when we hold on to this, when we aren't forgiving, when we aren't able to forgive freely like Christ forgives us, we start then to lose our love towards the, the people. And Paul finishes in Second Corinthians, uh, he, he writes... Continually in Colossians, he says, but overall, clothe yourself in love. Because <laughs> love is forgiving, and love is being patient, and love is being kind. Love is being merciful, and, and, and love is what Christ does for us. So what does that mean for our church? Well, Paul said it best. We need to make allowance for each other's faults and forgive one another who offends us. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Don't wait for a person to come up and apologize for what irritates you. <laughs> Seek God in prayer and, and really forgive that person. And you might have to go up and say, you know what, I'm sorry, but this is how I felt, and, I, and please, will you forgive me? For, for my attitude or my behavior. And, and we might even have to ask God, God, why does this make me so mad? <laughs> why does this irritate me so much? And God might even reveal a past hurt in your life that you need to give up and forgive that person. That's what happened to me in my life. And I'm still learning how to forgive. I'm not the best. And I know as a church body, we need to easily forgive those around us. And like Mark said last week, I liked it. It was more, we see people, the people can come here as they are. They don't need to reach a certain level of, of repenting their sins before they become Christians. 
Paul said it, that, you know what, we are Christians by our faith, not by our works. We are Christians, and once we become Christ, once we become Christians, like in, the second, or in Colossians 2, we are supposed to start throwing off our old self, our sinful self, repenting of it, and then clothing ourselves with the, with the characteristics of Christ. So will you please, as a healthy body of Christ, will we forgive each other and, and, and work together and love each other so that we can be a bright light in our community of Pot Springs? Let us pray. Dear God, I just think it's time. Thank you for just the message you brought and you gave me. And thank you for teaching me about forgiveness and helping me to forgive others more freely like you've forgiven me. Help us as as a body of Christ, help us as a church to forgive each other and to just uh, love each other more and more so we can further the gospel, so we can be uh, light and salt to Hot Springs, to Custer, to Edgemont, to the Black Hills, and beyond. Lord, be with us today. Help us glorify you and be light. In Jesus' name, amen.